0: I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss Running Scared, which came out in 1986 and was directed by Peter Hyams. Look at this. Look at these pictures of McDonald's. Look at that guy. Look at this. Hello, at how it. are you? Right. And his postcard, 3D. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired as hell. Dear Ray and Danny, mm. wish you were here. Having a great time. What are you doing up in, what's this word? Chicago. Oh, of course. No Dancing to a different drum Can't you see what's going on Deep your heart. It stars Gregory Hines, Billy Crystal, Dan Hedaya, Darlene Flugel, Jimmy Smith. Joe Pantoliano, otherwise known as Joey Pants, Stephen Bauer, and John Grease. The genre would be buddy cop action comedy, running scared. Now, I probably watch this around once a year, and it never gets old. This is one of the best buddy comedies and Chicago movies of its era, or any era for that matter. It all comes down to such great chemistry between the two leads. Heinz and Crystal just play off each other so well, and whether you buy both of them as wild man cops you at the very least buy them as long-time drinking buddies. Give me your money. What? You heard me. Give me your fucking money. Hey, man, don't shoot. You're mugging us? I don't believe this. You better believe it or you're dead. Give us your money. Oh, no. All right, here, take this. It's full of money. No, no, no. That's mine. Don't fuck with me, man. We want your cash, not your luggage. All right, you can take the cash, but we need the wallets. We want it all. Hurry. Oh, come on. Let us keep the driver's licenses and the snapshots. And our badges. All right, what do you think? We all wear uniforms. We all drive around in cars that say police on them. Excuse me. Look, see, I'm I'm with you. You're under arrest. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. Anything you do or say will be used against you. You have the right to an attorney. Can, you can you me give me your guns, one, man. No, no, you can have the cash, but uh, we got to keep the guns. Shit! No, I don't want right to be responsible for guns falling breakfast? into the hands of Riffleaf. You have left, the right to the yourself, beverage okay, of your choice in right, the gun. precinct coffee shop. Now, fellas, this is just me talking but I would rather get shot with one of those fist .22s than with my .38. Now, you're already under arrest. Don't make it any worse for yourself. Again, I'm going to shoot your ass. Pointing a gun at a police officer? Can we waste them for that? I think so. The banter is good, and the action is well-staged. As for the story? Well, it's nothing you haven't seen dozens of times before. They're trying to take down the biggest drug dealer in Chicago, I think. Well, the story's just not important at the end of the day. Not when you have pre-L.A. law Jimmy Smits hamming it up as local drug kingpin Julio Gonzalez. Yes, that's really his name. And post goonies Joey Pants stealing every scene that he's in as Snake, who is a sad sack bag man who our protagonists have way too much fun tormenting in the first half of this film. In scenes that probably haven't aged that well. Because Hines and Crystal are not playing real cops. They're playing movie cops named Hughes and Costanzo. They sometimes shoot first, they blackmail suspects, they frame suspects for parking violations, to be fair, and they even steal property from suspects. And they're just having such fun playing these guys that it gets to be truly infectious. Oh, hey, go! Oh, can I have your attention, please? This block is being designated a neighborhood What's he doing? Area. Rich people make him crazy. And there's a guy up here named Snake. He's wearing garage sale clothes and the top of his hair looks like a parakeet. He also has $50,000 in small bills in a briefcase. As his neighbors, it's your responsibility to make sure there are no suspicious characters or evil perpetrators lurking in the area who would seek to do him harm. Again, $50,000 in small bills, tax-free. Journeyman director Peter Hyams makes great use of Chicago locations for some pretty impressive set pieces including an exciting car chase on the L, which is the elevated train, and the now legendary multi-level climactic shootout inside the William Thompson Center, which is a building that all these years later I still feel the need to visit whenever I'm downtown. And finally, there's Michael McDonald's Sweet Freedom. This song might be the most shamelessly catchy soundtrack song of the 80s that's not sung by Kenny Loggins or Tina Turner. It's used perfectly as the soundtrack for the Key West montage halfway through which is just bizarrely entertaining and gorgeous to look at. Even when you consider that we're witnessing our two protagonists meet an endless array of women that would put James Bond or even Wilt Chamberlain to shame. But hey, it was the 80s. Likely STDs aside, these guys are a great pair, and I wish they did more movies together. And that brings me to the categories. And the first category is Best Needle Drop. This would be the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. And of course, the Best Needle Drop is Sweet Freedom. If any song was ever designed to just put you in a good mood, it's this one. Not only that, but it fits the sequence perfectly. Our heroes are clearly besides themselves with joy, just being able to get away from the snowy, grimy grind of Chicago for a couple weeks. And the contrast of Michael McDonald's soothing baritone with a boisterous horn section just nails the tone that these scenes are going for. And here's a bonus. There's an official video for this song featuring McDonald and the two stars, which you should definitely check out. We see McDonald singing the song in a beachfront bar before he's visited by Hines and Crystal. And then we see them dancing around the bar and doing shtick for the camera. We even see them try to recreate one dual dance sequence from the movie White Nights at one point in the video. White Nights was a film that came out the year before with Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov, where they're both ballet dancers. But the whole music video with the song playing, it's delightful. And it remains one of my favorite music videos. There's actually a full version of it available on YouTube, and I will be sharing that on the Living for the Cinema Facebook page this week. That brings me to the next category, which would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. While well, this was early in his career, and at the time there were unfortunately very limited opportunities for Latino actors who weren't named Estevez or Julia. It's still a bit sad to see Jimmy Smits in such a cliched role with such a cliched name, no less. Julio Gonzalez, really? I remember I even cringed when I heard this watching this as a kid. And he doesn't have much to do but boast and threaten or obsess about his latest cocaine shipment. Now, I get it. Smits, as Gonzalez, he's just there to be the villainous foil for our heroes, Hughes and Costanzo. And at the very least, Smits nails all the notes he's supposed to. And his character does seem sufficiently menacing when he needs to be. He serves his purpose, but with an actor the caliber of Smiths, this role was just a flat-out waste of his talent. You're under arrest! You know the routine. Very good. You have the right to remain silent. Now what else? What else? Anything I say may be used against me in a court of law. That's two. You're doing great. Now what's next? I have a right to an attorney. If I cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to me by the court. Yeah! Yeah. Now, do you understand these rights you just explained to us? Oh, yes. Oh, it is such a pleasure to deal with a professional. It's refreshing. you gonna die for this. Ooh, I can feel the tension in the air. And that brings me to the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. There are just so many fun moments in this film, but the one that always gets me is an exciting sequence that I referenced earlier. Our heroes are staking out the airport, I believe it's O'Hare Airport, watching for Julio Gonzalez to pick up his latest shipment, which they just got a tip on. They see him meeting at the terminal with a priest and a nun, who give him a mysterious package, and then he sees them and drives off in a fury. As they chase after him, they pick up the priest and nun, who they believe are a fake priest and nun. The chase ramps up on local streets until Julio pulls his car on the local train tracks, and then we're off with two sedans driving furiously on an elevated train. And not just any elevated train, but the L, which takes them towards downtown Chicago. And for anyone who's been on the L a bunch of times, I'm pretty sure they end up chasing Gonzalez on the brown line. They're going through tunnels, they're evading trains, their passengers are getting freaked out. It's hard to know what the endgame is here for Gonzalez or our protagonist, but neither of them are getting off that track. And Hyams just directs the hell out of this sequence. And to his credit... He was one of the most underrated action directors of the 70s and the 80s. I've been revisiting a lot of films directed by Peter Himes lately, and there's a lot of genuinely inventive stuff ranging from an out-of-control, driving-without-brake sequence featuring Elliot Gould in Capricorn 1 to a harrowing spacewalk sequence in his 2001 sequel, 2010, The Year We Make Contact. He had a really good run. And he outdoes himself with this sequence as we get track-level shots, fun interactions within their cars... And even a helicopter shot of the two cars speeding down the tracks to nail the authenticity of the sequence so we know they're really on the train. Just hearing Crystal's Costanzo update the radio dispatch on their latest location as we pull away, that's your trailer moment. 4763, please be advised that a roadblock has been set up at the next exit. Use extreme caution. 4763, pursuit has left the interstate. Now we're on the L. try not to scrape the third rail, okay? There's about 600 volts in there. It's not the voltage that gets you. It's the amps. How many amps are there? Enough to push a train. And shut up! Sit back, Taro! And that brings me to my final category. That would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. And even though Peter Hyams does a fantastic job directing this, the co-MVPs are Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. They are just magic in this. Yes, they're dishing out quips left and right, but they also just feel like genuine friends and are partners in crime, pun intended since they are cops. There's genuine affection there and that just can't be faked. Now, you wouldn't know it from Billy Crystal's acting career after this movie, but he holds his own in the action sequences alongside Gregory Hines, who has always been a very gifted physical actor. And along those lines, their camaraderie even translates into easy shorthand between them during those action sequences there are at least two moments in the film when someone else with a gun seemingly has the drop on both of them. And then, just by pretty much half-nodding at each other, they just know how to respond and how to neutralize their threat. And yet my favorite scenes in this movie just involve these guys chatting it up. Where'd you get hit? It hurts, doesn't it? Sixteen good years in the force, And I get it from another cop. Which one did it to you? Tony, I think. I'll get him for you, don't worry. It's bad you go to Florida without me you're right just promise me you'll go without me all right all right I promise I'll go without you you'd go without me you just asked me to go without you without me you son of a bitch where's my gun I'll kill you first now considering that this film was pretty successful and that the mid-80s was just the time for more films featuring dueling cops it's still pretty disappointing in retrospect that Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal never teamed up for a sequel. There was talk a couple of years later after this came out of bringing them back for a new adventure in London, or something along those lines. Now, me personally, I would have loved to have seen them back on the streets of Chicago. But hell, I would have paid to see these guys team up even at an insurance seminar. I don't care. These guys were just too good together. I suspect that one reason this didn't get sequelized was that within the next couple of years after the release of Running Scared, you had several more successful buddy cop movies released, which kind of stole its thunder. Lethal Weapon, Midnight Run, Stakeout, Turner and Hooch. Seriously, that was a buddy cop movie, even though it features a dog. And pretty much all of these properties were spun off into sequels and or TV incarnations. So maybe the buddy cop marketplace just became too crowded. I don't know. I love those first two Lethal Weapon films and Midnight Run. All three of them are probably better films overall than Running Scared. But at the end of the day, on the pure chemistry scale, I would rank the team up of Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Hughes and Costanzo, up there with any of them. My rating for Running Scared would be four stars out of five. This movie is just a blast. It is one of the best buddy cop movies you'll ever see, even though you might not have heard of it. You definitely need to check it out. It is available to rent or buy on all streaming platforms. And that ends another Jocular Review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast And follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema.